Hey gang, that's Holly. And that's Brooke. And this is the Macabre Cast. And I'm Nikon. <laughs> <laughs> episode eight. I was going to say episode seven, so I'm glad that you know what we're doing. Do you not number your notes? <laughs> I do, yeah. Nice job. Um, it makes it worse somehow. I know. Holly's brain is like a steel trap. Yep. <laughs> Nothing's getting out of there. Nothing comes in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that how it works? Yeah. Oh, no. Not even past the intro, and we're already off topic. <laughs> Pish posh. Would it be us if it if, if we did it any other way? Yeah. You know what, though? We didn't. I didn't get any corrections this time, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. I mean, I, I listened back over some stuff and didn't hear anything terrible, so that's good. Yeah. I mean... I was more like wondering if someone was going to say that I pronounced something wrong because I said. I don't think anyone would know. I know, but I said so many things, you know, in that last episode. Maybe the Icelandic grandma listened. Maybe that one follower. Yeah, maybe our one Instagram follower that we don't know (laughs) is Icelandic. Maybe. Maybe. Norwegian? Icelandic. Icelandic. You were correct. Okay. I did want to say, I want to shout out this person because I meant to do it on the last episode because it's about the last episode but I forgot Mm -hmm. at the same time like leading up to Christmas I guess we'll say um, when I was researching the Yule Lads one of my favorite artists on Instagram was also posting doing a series posting their art style but as the Yule Lads. That's amazing. And I wanted to shout them out because I love them. And they actually originally got popular on queer TikTok. Nice. Queer nice. frog TikTok. Nice. That's the I, best subcategory I just of TikTok. Spe- I just like really like categorized myself. <laughs> but anyways, um, their handle on Instagram, their name is page on a page. Mm. And there's underscores in between. And they do frog art. But they illustrated a bunch of the Yule Lads as frogs Amazing. and it's really cute um i love it this is um curtis or curtis snicker the candle one <gasps> oh my god yeah Wait, that's amazing I'll, that's the um, cutest thing I'll, like, i've ever repost seen this one on our instagram I i'll try to remember notes. to do that um isn't that adorable seriously and like, then if they went from trolls to to like gnomes they should just go from gnomes to frogs i now. know yeah. and then this, this is this is stufer or stubby Oh, oh that yeah. is the sweetest little lad. I know. I, I really, would, I would let him take whatever he wants. You know, mm-hmm. it, it is quite lighthearted, though, despite the scariness aspect. I don't yeah. know what that sentence was, but like the one, the one that licks the sheep titties. Yeah, um, is just like the frog is just riding on the sheep. <laughs> but anyways, I don't want to talk at length we'll about something this. that they can't see. But yeah. You should look at page on a page. Their art is really cute. And yeah. I was like, our brains are melding from across the world because... <laughs> it's the queer community. The Everyone queer... has the same We're brain. <laughs> so, is it time for the rock, paper, scissors? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, let's, let's... I was going to say this time, can you guys say rock, paper, scissors with me? Because I yeah. think that'll help with the timing. Mm-hmm. Also, let's share what we're fighting for. Yes. Okay. Freedom? Would you like me to go first? <laughs> Never. Uh... <laughs> Holly's a fascist. Spreading <laughs> rumors on her own podcast. To be a hundred percent clear, I'm not a fascist. Oh, I want to be clear yeah. too. Yeah, Holly's definitely not a fascist. Yeah, none of us. No. We need to stop. I am covering. Anyways. No. <laughs> no more fascism. Doc. Cancelled. Okay. What okay. are you covering, Brooke? <laughs> today i think it's because i'm hungry i'm sleep deprived so yeah that makes sense okay so i'll be covering the mongolian death worms excellent or death worms i feel like that is a wonderful name for a band and i'm excited to learn about it i thought you were gonna say and i'm excited to call it because if you're gonna suggest a band name you have to call it afterwards oh well yeah but i would be terrible in a band i don't have the charisma for that i'll take it okay Econ is, it... is a band. <laughs> we don't need to get into that. <laughs> okay, never mind. 
Okay, anyways. Brooke is doing Mongolian Deathworms. Yes, and I am doing the Werewolf Trials. Dun, dun, dun. <gasps> I'm so excited for you to actually tell this because you fake told me this in our pilot Practice. episode that we're not releasing. We still have it recorded, but we're never releasing Just on it. my like shitty laptop yeah microphone and it was just to practice and i told the like mysterious death of edgar Allan poe story yeah. from memory almost entirely <laughs> like and i told psychopath. yeah i told werewolf the werewolf trials from memory also because we just were like let's not do any research we're just getting the flow down so we both picked something we are we could talk unhinged about. and yeah. like know too much about because late night wikipedia scrolling yeah <laughs> vibes but yes, so that's what I'll be covering. Are we ready? Players yes. ready? Okay. Yes. Everyone ready? I'm mm-hmm. going to start us off. Rock, Rock paper, paper, scissors. scissors. <gasps> Brooke with a defi- defining victory in the first round with Rock. Holly put out scissors. What a incepted. loser. Incepted. Anytime was, you I throw scissors, incepted. I decided that we're, you're incepted. It's true, because <laughs> I only, I hate throwing scissors. So anytime I do, it's because I was incepted. I need everyone to know that I'm so weak mentally that I have to decide what I'm going to throw before we even start so that I can See, not throw scissors. That's that's my problem. I don't decide before we start and so then I panic right at the last second and I go, uh, scissors. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brooke, as winner. As we- winner, I want to go first because nice. I want to, after I'm done, because mine, we did this intentionally. Holly has a lot to say about the werewolf trials and I have, there's not a lot to be found about death worms well at least in english that i can read that is like not translated really poorly therefore Mm. i wouldn't trust it yeah (laughs) um so mine's really short kind of like how last time i had shit ton to say so you did a short one yeah mine will probably be a little bit longer than yours but anywho excellent we're embarking on a journey to mongolia Um, I guess I'll go over my sources really quick. Obviously, Wikipedia for Mongolian deathworms. Actually, like, so many different Wikipedia deep dives this time, honestly, because there's so many researchers that have, or, like, zoologists, cryptologists, cryptozoologists is what I meant to say. Um, paleontologists have gone on expeditions looking for these oh. um and i was reading their bios like a, just because i got i got yeah. i got lost <laughs> i also don't know how to pronounce this person's name i tried to figure it out couldn't okay so i'm gonna say his name is ivan mackerel okay but that is probably wrong mm-hmm. and that's also english accented like american english accented yeah. um but he's czech so so it'd probably be ivan well it's ivan yeah yeah but i don't know how the because the end of the last name is spelled very odd so ivan how's it spelled what how's it spelled no why are you whispering we're moving on <laughs> Okay. Also, uh, article on live science. Um, our fave Brian Dumming, D- Dumming, Dunning from the Skeptoid. Okay, why do we keep coming back to him? Because he does a lot of cryptid, and he does a lot of cryptid research, and he does really good research. Yeah. And he also lists his sources, so I yeah. tend to use good sources that I like, and then mine their sources. Uh, also, I looked at the cryptozoology encyclopedia nice. <laughs> a little bit. Um, but I guess we'll begin. So to preface this, I'm just going to say the legend of the Mongolian death worm, or again, I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, but the algoi or algae corkoi. Okay. Um, I'm going to continue calling it the Mongolian death worm though, Mm -hmm. because I don't know. Yeah. But there it's like the legend is deeply ingrained in indigenous oral traditions mm-hmm. um a lot of the stories that exist out there well honestly there aren't a lot of stories that exist out there yeah the ones that do aren't in english yeah <laughs> um either 
coming like from original indigenous languages Mm -hmm. then translated to russian and then translated again and i just don't yeah so it's going through like yeah five different (laughs) translations Yeah. yeah i just didn't trust it so i didn't include very much there honestly aren't any reported firsthand accounts there's just this one that i think is fake but it's funny so i included it nice um What I actually have is mostly from various outside researchers who entered the desert on scientific research expeditions, of course, with permission. Mm -hmm. At least the ones that I wrote down went there with permission from Mongolian officials. They weren't like being problem. Well, they probably were being problematic, but not in the way way that we (laughs) might think originally. Um, The stories that they tell were traditionally retold several times over generations, oral tradition. a lot of the stories are presented to you in the context of like, oh, well, my wife's mother's cousin's daughter's twice removed sister, like that kind Those of thing. Those are my favorite stories. Yeah. Most yeah. of them are like, oh, these people have seen one, mm-hmm. but it's like probably not true. <laughs> um, nevertheless, uh, I still think it's a really cool cryptid, so that's why I wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Also, I wanted to include to preface it <laughs> this quote that was a comment on a Reddit thread I was listening. I was reading this Reddit thread about something having to do with this. And um this person commented just this phrase. I like it, period. They're neat, period. Think of a worm that can kill men from a distance? Seems useful to me. That was it. Seems useful. Yeah, that was all they said. What are they planning? Don't know, but it was awesome. I was just, I literally hit like, and then I just like left the page. I was like, that's nice. I didn't even use any research from what I, obviously it was just a Reddit page I was just reading, but I thought it was funny. That's amazing. So what are Mongolian death worms? Well, the, um... Back in 1922, the Mongolian Minister of Foreign Affairs described it as, um, I'm just going to read this quote. So, it is shaped like a sausage, about two feet long. (laughs) Don't laugh. (laughs) It is shaped like a sausage, about two feet long, has no head nor leg, and it is so poisonous that merely to touch it means instant death. It lives in the most desolate parts of the Gobi Desert. Why was I picturing something like, I don't know, like six feet long with like a width of like four feet? I actually, <laughs> I actually think I know why you think that. Okay. We'll, we'll get there. Um, we'll get there. I'm really hoping that neither of you bring this specific thing up before I get there. So Does it have to do with Godzilla? No, it does okay. not. I was really scared that you were going to say it then. So let us continue. (laughs) So most commonly, they are sighted in, quote unquote, sighted. They're not sighted. I don't think that they're real, but I understand why. Most cryptids, I'm like, I don't know. I suspend disbelief. This one, I I don't really think so. You don't think the two-foot sausage that kills you is... Oh, no, no. Okay. It's going to get worse. Oh, no. Yeah. So, you know, they're they're normally sighted, quote unquote, in the hottest summer months, Mm in the desert um like june or july they Mm -hmm. said uh and either like in the colder months they are more likely in hibernation suspected or they're just underground more because they can't survive the cold okay quote unquote no evidence for that reason. I just think that that's an interesting thought. Nice. Uh, it requires the driest and sandiest areas in the Gobi Desert, okay. which would be categorized as like the western slash southern mm-hmm. areas. Uh, and that's because it it needs to be able to like burrow mm-hmm. through the sand. Otherwise it can't, you know, zoom. Yeah. Do the zoomies. Typically... Uh, they're depicted as red or pink skinned, Ugh. but I feel like that's just that's, an artistic interpretation. Yeah, that's just like this is a worm. And also because <laughs> they're they're the name uh, like algae corkoi means 
I lost it. It means large intestine worm. Oh, Because no. it's supposed to, it, apparently they look like a, like an intestine. Yeah, because it's oh. two feet long and pinkish Well, reddish. at the smallest, it's two feet long. Oh, okay. Wow. Baby. Yeah, ba- the babies. <laughs> um, so I would say the pictures that I've seen of them vary because they're all artistic drawings, basically. Mm-hmm. But most of the time they're described to have that kind of pill-like body of worms yeah. where they have the bands. Mm-hmm. Um like an intestine, yeah, um, and they look very squishy. <laughs> yeah. um, but scientifically, like that, would not be able to exist in that environment. Yeah, <laughs> um, but that's what they're supposed to look like. Um, I would say, like comparatively, they look like the earthworm kind of like coloring and like banding, but mm-hmm. more of like a leech-shaped body. Okay. Uh, as a sort of like rationalized depiction. Yeah. (laughs) They are thick. I wrote it with two Qs. They are like, they look like the bugs in The Lion King when they eat them and you're a kid and you're like, those look so good. And then you're like, maybe I should try eating bugs. (laughs) And then you do and then it's like, oh no. Yeah. Yeah. I never did that part. Oh no. They look tasty. Uh... They can range between two to five feet in length. I did see a couple sources that said seven feet. I feel like that was just sensationalized, though. <laughs> that's that's if they're, like, extra thick. That's the ones that are roiding. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know why I said that's the ones. What? It's a big problem, I hear. Oh, Mongolian yeah. death worm is on steroids. Yeah, steroided. It's a big problem in, death the, worms. in the death worm community. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, shout out to the those struggling with mm. their steroid problems in the mm-hmm. in the death worm community. <laughs> the struggle is real. <laughs> um, some sources said they have spikes. Nice. On, quote, both ends. I think that it's just, just that they have teeth in their mouth. Or does that mean there's just one big spike on each end? No. <laughs> Spikes, plural. Two spikes on yeah. two, each end. Two. That's it. It's kind of like a silverfish, time. honestly. Oh, oh, I hate silverfish. I know they're disgusting. Sorry, I didn't need to. Now I have like the heebie-jeebies. I know. Uh, I would say more, more commonly than spikes, they have that circular orifice-like mouth mm-hmm. with the little razor teeth all around in a circle, which yeah. is very typical of like depiction of a worm beast in most yeah movies um when traveling underground apparently the worm creates waves in the sand above ground which allows you to detect it okay underground when you're in the desert apparently it also lives underground and the tunnels are like a system in with which it lives okay this kind of sounds like that worm in star wars the new one that's that's valid Wait, which? Oh, the like in episode nine. Yeah. Oh. That's valid. That's a valid thought. Yeah. Hold that thought though. Okay. That's not the thing I was gonna say, but that's a good example. Uh, let let let's talk about how it attacks and kills people, oh. Sh- shall we? From a distance. Yeah. Shall. Oh, shall we discuss <laughs> the 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 amount of of like the plethora of abilities this worm has? Excellent. I so hear it's very useful. It's buckle a buckle up, because. This shit's weird. <laughs> uh, this thing doesn't only use short range attacks, mm-hmm. but also long range attacks. Okay. It can both kill slash hurt you from like touch distance. Yeah. And like long distance. Yes, short uh, and long. Spraying slash spewing corrosive acid oh, out no. of its mouth. Or, quote, streams of venom. No. Or, here's a fun thing. You could just touch it and you'll die. Excellent. Or, even better, electrical discharge like that of an electric eel. So it just, like, worms around and gathers electricity and then zaps you? That's a... Actually, I never encountered the theory that it was static electricity that was causing it. That's actually a really good point. (laughs) Nobody said that. That makes the most sense to me for electricity. Yeah, I don't understand the electrical one. Okay. I understand the fish, like electric eels, which aren't eels. They're actually fish. Yeah. Those can 
like shoot an electrical charge like in the water like as a conductor but i don't understand how they would be able to do that from a distance but i think that it implies that when you touch them you get shocked to death it's it's static electricity. They're just wearing a bunch of socks on their on their bottom part. And All the spikes have a yeah. sock. And, <laughs> and they're worming around, gathering the electricity. Ew, stop saying worming around. Um, I would say the touch to kill ability is either from the venom leaching through its skin mm-hmm. or you being electroshocked by it. Okay. It doesn't make any sense. There are two genders. There are two genders, and it is... Electroshock and poison. It is that my skin leeches poison. <laughs> or if you touch me, you get sh- shocky. 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 <laughs> Shall we continue? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's talk about the different... Ex- the most notable expeditions that I could find. Mm-hmm. Uh... Some of these resulted in books or had sections of books dedicated to their... They, like, wrote a book about their expedition and there were whole sections dedicated to the legend that they heard while they were traveling through the Gobi Desert. Yeah. So the first one that is notable that I'm aware of is from 1926. At least that's when his book was published. Roy Chapman Andrews, uh, he was an American zoologist. He wrote a book... It was basically a narrative of his zoological study of Mongolia. Okay. Specifically the desert, but um, I think he went kind of all around as well. Uh, This expedition was the second of a series of expeditions sponsored by the American Museum of Natural History. Oh. So, good shit. Yeah. Like, trustable (laughs) content. Mostly. It's not just some random guy yeah, being it's like, not, I'm an explorer. There is, there is <laughs> I don't put this in here because it's not important, but there, I did watch this one portion of an episode of, uh, is it Untamed Beasts on Nat Geo Wild? I forget, but it's a TV show. Something Beasts, and the guy is just like this guy that's a scientist and he's in the desert and he's like, oh man, I caught something on my camera. Let's go check it out. And it's just like the corner of something. And a lot of people were being really mean on the internet about this guy because it turns out to not be at all what he thought it was. Yeah. He thought he was like, what if it's the worm? It obviously wasn't. It was like the horn of a cow that was like coming in the edge of the picture. Yeah. And it had knocked the camera down. So he was like, something happened. Yeah. Um, But he was like, at the end, he goes out of his way to say, this is a really good example of how easily you can be misled by a single image. Because he was looking at the original thumbnail of the video, and he hadn't opened the video yet. Yeah. But because he... And, like, I think that that... I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, I think that's a good point to make. Yeah, but a bunch of people on the internet were like, this is clickbait, and I was like, but that's the point! Yeah, the point (laughs) is that it's extremely easy to be misled by those I didn't mean to go off topic, not that it's off topic, but I wasn't gonna bring it up, but I just thought it was kind of interesting. People were roasting him, but he was kind of just like a rando. Anyways, Roy Chapman Andrews, I'll just call him Andrews, uh, he does not believe in their existence, but he noted in his book the frequency at which people mentioned the beast, and he did seek it out um, during his journey, because he was literally, like, categorizing what animals are in the area, Um, and he didn't find it. Uh, No one has ever found one. No one's ever seen one, actually. Um, There's no photos of them. Well, because you die if you see (laughs) one. Right. Well, one person I did see say, if you just look at it, you'll die. But I think that was (laughs) just like... I thought that was funny, though. Uh, So his research includes um, a compilation of secondhand tales told by various people that he encountered while he was there both fellow researchers that he was working with that are from Mongolia but then also like local people Mm -hmm. that he spoke to while he was on his journey uh sometimes like his host families and like people that that were like traveling with him yeah um like as guides uh familiar with the terrain yeah uh none of them had actually seen one but they were telling the like my mother's sisters whatever uh 
In addition, though, the quote that I read at the beginning was from the Mongolian Minister of Foreign Affairs, and that quote is him describing it to Andrews and asking him, please seek it out. We've been wondering about this forever. And he asked him to do it at the meeting he had with the um, Foreign Affairs Minister to get clearance to go into the desert to do this expedition. Oh, okay. So, and there were other officials there that were also telling stories of my mother's sister's cousin, yeah. whatever, about it to him yeah. during this. Uh, I'm going to come back to him a little bit later, but mm-hmm. he went on this big expedition. He didn't find it, mm-hmm. but um, I think it's really cool that there were, like, officials there yeah. who were imploring him to find it. Yeah. Like, hey, go try and like, find it. Like, please find it. Mm-hmm. And the it's the quote I took was a, just a portion of it, but it was actually quite long. Mm-hmm. I just took the description out because I didn't want to, like, take yeah. the whole thing. Uh, but it was really, it's really interesting that he literally in the quote is like, we've been wondering about this forever. Yeah. So my question is... Were they punking him? Yeah. See, I don't <laughs> think so. Because... I feel like if they were, I don't know, I just don't, I don't think so because I don't think it would have continued being so prevalent. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I, that did cross my mind as well. Like, yeah. are they, you know, yanking his yeah. chain? But it happened so repeatedly with different people, like different researchers. Yeah. And I feel like that wouldn't be. It wouldn't keep happening like I don't that. think, like, more than one instance would be someone falling for it yeah like that yeah anywho we're gonna move on to another person who is notable this this one is kind of more like it's kind of an interesting angle this person has uh again i don't know how to pronounce this person's name very well but um i i believe this person is ivan Okay. Because they're not Czech. They're okay. Russian. And um, I'm going to call him Yefremov because that's his last name. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote a short story nice. called Algei Korkov. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get to that. But I would, like, I would like to acknowledge him, even though he's a lesser-known, quote, source. Um, he was both a science fiction writer and a paleontologist. Oh. Yeah, he's kind of a badass. Um, he was stuttling. Stuttling? I was stuttling. I was stuttling. <laughs> he was studying fossils in the Gobi Desert for three years between 1946 and 1949. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he started hearing this legend over and over again with different people that he was interacting with while he was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, during his research, after hearing all of these... He said he never met anyone who had personally seen one, of course. Yeah. But people kept warning him about it. Nice. Their intention of telling him the story wasn't the same as the previous situation where they were like, please find this. But these people were like, be careful. Stay away from it. All of a sudden, it's just going to come shooting out of the ground and and electroshock you and kill you. Like, (laughs) they were like warning him, which I think is kind of interesting, Um, especially because most of his descriptions of people telling him about it were like locals. Yeah. um, That he interacted with on his journey. Uh, after his research, he was so inspired by the legend that he he actually wrote that sci-fi horror short story. Amazing. Called, named just the name of it, yeah. Al- Alge Korkoi, which I think I'm saying close to right. Uh, <laughs> um, but this story ended up inspiring another person to go research, and this person researched it heavily. Okay. So we're going to talk about... Um, Yvonne Mackerel again. Okay. Uh, So we're coming back around to him. Uh, You might actually recognize his name or even a picture of him. He looks like such a classic zoologist dude that goes on crazy expeditions. He has like a big white mustache. Of course. And like crazy hair. He kind of looks like Professor Reinsma. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) 
deep cut that no one cares about. Yeah. Um, he's, like, such a classic dude. He's always wearing a vest that has a lot of pockets in it mm-hmm. that you would wear to go fishing. Yeah. Which I think is kind of an I was iconic just look. say, a fishing vest? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's also, like, an expedition yeah. vest guy. Um, anyway, I'll call him Mackerel. Not Mackerel, but Mackerel. Mackerel with his fishing vest. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, Mackerel. Uh, he is Czech, and he is a cryptozoologist who went on multiple expeditions, not only in search of the Mongolian death worm, which is what he's most noted from, but he also went on multiple expeditions looking for the Loch Ness Monster. Amazing. Um, and, like, notable expeditions, like yeah. ones that many... Um, cryptozoologists reference mm-hmm. um so he's quote notable mm-hmm. um he's a notable figure figure as figure. a boy he was familiar with the short story written by the previous guy Yefremov. um but he believed it his whole life to be just like a fake story <laughs> that yeah. he made up um until he was in university and he brought it up to a classmate that was from mongolia mm-hmm. and um, he said in this quote that he was like, oh, I just anticipated the classmate to laugh and be like, oh, haha, like, that's just like a thing that people say from, you know, yeah. from home. Like, that's just like. It's just a tale. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just a story. Um, but apparently that wasn't the case. And as soon as he mentioned it, the classmate was like, oh, this is like a thing yeah. where I'm from. Like, it's deeply believed. Yeah. Um, And he said that that's when his obsession was really, like, born from this interaction that he had. Like, he had grown up his whole life kind of knowing the story by Efremov. And then he was like, oh, my God, it's, like, quote, real. real. Especially as a cryptozoologist, he was like, oh, my God, it's real? Like, (laughs) oh, my God. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So... He conducted three trips in search of any piece of evidence that the Mongolian death worm existed. Mm-hmm. Um, the expeditions were dated as 1990, 1992, and 2004. Oh, okay. For some reason, I was envisioning this to be, like, more in the past. I know, right? You would think yeah. so. But that's why I said you might know him if you saw a picture of him. Yeah. Like, especially if you spent some time watching, like, Nat Geo when you were a kid, because I definitely did. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I recognized his face. Okay. Maybe he just looks like an a, a guy. Sick. Okay. So his research cites a specific piece of legend um, that I've already mentioned in the description of what it's like. Um, but I wanted to note that I got that from his research. Yeah. Um, specifically, he is the one that said he heard the legend that they create waves of sand when they're going underneath the ground okay um and he really took this one to heart and that was a big piece of his research was can i find them based off of trails they make in the sand or movement that i see in the sand well okay it's like maybe the 2000s right now then when he's doing this research i want you to just hold that thought okay Okay. Are you going to talk about a book or a movie? Well, no, I was going to say, shouldn't there be technology that he can bring out there to show him whether or not there are, like, something going on under the earth, you know, like seismic activity and or, like, motion detecting type equipment, you know? Like, there should be something that he could bring well, out there with him other than just, like, do I see a, a sand trail? <laughs> <laughs> I think that I meant that more in, like, the sense that he was tracking them. Um, there is some technology that he does use noted specifically. F- the information that I found mostly from him was from his original like first expedition and his second expedition which were in the 90s yeah 90 and 92 yes you are correct i don't know why cryptozoologists just decide to choose the difficult option makes it more fun yeah he did say that he does it because he likes adventure which i think is wholesome but funny he doesn't (laughs) trust the technology i don't know but he does take he takes this legend to heart 
and he does implement a piece of technology later to help him try to bring them out, basically. I'm nervous. Uh, so uh, uh, let's let's talk about that. So he was actually inspired by another piece of literature, specifically Frank Herbert's novel Dune. Of course. I knew it was going to be And I would like to make one comment before we continue through any of this. I have not read it, and I have not seen the movie, and I want everyone to shut the fuck up in the comments (laughs) about the fact that I haven't seen the movie. I don't care. It's probably a great movie. It it's whatever. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get roasted here. It's not that good. Here's no, how I feel. Here. It was an entire movie of like really weird slow buildup, and I know that they're making it into a series, but they, they did are? not do it well. I didn't know that. Okay, here's yeah, the only thing that I spent interests me. The whole movie me. being like, wait, when's the second half gonna happen? Yeah, I hate that. Okay, so here's the reason why I didn't watch it. I have executive dysfunction problems, yeah. and I have depression. The only reason why I wanted to watch it is because I think Zendaya is hot. Oh, that's, yeah. That's pretty Sucks. much it. But you know what? I could just get that from watching all of the red carpet videos of her, and I did, and that's all I wanted. I don't yeah. care about Timothy Chalamet. I don't give a fuck about Timothy Chalamet. Fight me. Also, I want to just put in here, I actually have read the majority of the book. It's like 600 pages. I read the first 500 and then decided I'm good. I don't want to finish it. <laughs> you made it so but you gave up at 500. I just you are my favorite person in the entire world. I Thank have you. this inability to. I, I literally, if I start a book, I I have to finish it. Otherwise, I'll lie awake at night thinking about how I didn't finish it. The, there's only one book that I didn't. Holly knows there's only one book that I put down and didn't finish because I hated it so much, and it was fucking Divergent because it's a shitty book. I, I love Hate it. So after we had a little off mic freak out about books, we had to we had to discuss. We had to have a discussion. He was inspired by Frank Herbert's novel Dune, and this is why I've been waiting and hoping you didn't bring it up. I was going to is the I thing, know. and then I was like, maybe this is the one Brooke doesn't want me to bring up. Yeah, well, it's not actually. I have a better one. So, so. I think that the Mongolian death worm, just like a little side note for my brain, has inspired like all worm beast <laughs> content that exists in modern day. All worm fan fiction. <laughs> yeah, like all of the worm things that I fucking think are awesome from now come from this. I swear to God. I swear <laughs> to God. Like there's nothing else. There is... Um, We'll get to it. It's fine. I mean, I can see it. Yeah. Yeah. But in Dune, the specific part that he was inspired by was that they created machines called thumpers that mm-hmm. mimicked Herbert's idea that the sandworms can be brought to the surface by rhythmic rhythmic thumping and explosions. Yeah. He actually implemented this method into his research. Oh, okay. With, I feel like that's uh, both really cool and really fucking stupid. If yeah, I think honest. it's stupid, but I also am like, well, on the other hand, it why not try yeah. anything? Because yeah. you were mentioning like seismic related things. Yeah. Well, like, you know. Give it a try. Yeah. You're trying to find a cryptid. Go How, for it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's a cryptozoologist. Like, he's doing weird shit. Yeah. So he was inspired by that. He actually. Um, brought these machines in and and performed these tests where he would do these explosions and use his machine that he called a thumper and you know it didn't work nobody has ever found any but i I, you know valiant effort to be honest it was a good try um reportedly during his research he came upon a group of people i don't particularly like this terminology but he he described them as nomadic. I don't know if that just meant that they were, like, living in the desert. <laughs> I mean, it probably just means that they were nomads. No, I know, but I don't like the way he talked about it. Oh, okay. So it I'm just going to say that not they the were <laughs> people who live in Mongolia who were nomadic, is how I'm going to say it. He came upon these people during his expedition and he ended up kind of setting up camp like with them Mm -hmm. um for some time and apparently they got (laughs) together for the night and they got super drunk on mongolian vodka 
Nice. Like around a campfire. He literally described it this way. He, they, they got drunk <laughs> and they started telling stories mm-hmm. um, that they had heard for like generations from my cousin's sisters, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, they described the worms as huge red tubes with orifice style mouths. Um, when aggressive, they would spit acidic venom uh, that will turn things yellow. Oh. Which this was mentioned in some other research as well that I did, but um, both it's described that they're attracted to the color yellow and that when they secrete their acid, it like makes things turn yellow. So they're basically like that ghost hand from the book Jade Green who's attracted to the color green. Yes. So this is the stupid story that I don't think is real, but I think it's funny. Shall we embark? Yes. Yes. They told this story while they were drunk on vodka uh, around a campfire. There was a young boy playing outside with his yellow ball. Mm. After playing for a while outside, he was heading indoors um, and he brought his yellow ball with him. The worm followed him from his outer, wherever he was playing, outside, towards his home, unclear what like type of home this is but to the door Mm -hmm. and the sand came to the door apparently (laughs) when he noticed the movement in the sand the boy stopped short of the door to kind of investigate what was happening yeah he noticed the worm and he attempted to touch it oh the act killed him instantly yeah thus this this is the story that's like Touching them will kill yeah. you. Um, apparently, after his parents turned returned home, they they found him dead at the doorway um, yeah. with a trail in the sand leading away and like a divot, implying that it like came up and then slithered wall. away and like sunk into the ground and left. Yeah. Um, it did its deed and it's it left. It had a hunger for the yellow for the yellow zappy zap. And then it was like, I, time to head out. Apparently, the parents sought out the beast and they died too. I don't think, I mean, if the ball part and the kid is real, I think that the least believable part is that they sought out the worm and then they got killed as well because yeah. how would they follow it? But <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> they, just they just got another number, yellow ball. It's got kind a number of, two pencil. Yeah. You know. It's kind of a cute story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, cute maybe isn't the way I'd describe it. No, but it, like but... the fact that they're like always telling this, like that's yeah. sweet. You know, it's mm-hmm. awful, but it's like, oh, like you know, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm twisted, but that's a one one classic story that um, he heard in this one event. And then another description he recounts in his book actually is that of a woman. I, I don't know exactly how to pronounce her name, but he wrote it as Puret. Okay. Um, she said that when the worm attacks. It rises out of the ground like half of its length, like on end, mm-hmm. sort of like a cobra, you would imagine. Yeah. Um, and then it would start kind of like bubbling out like a balloon, mm-hmm. it, the, the head of the beast. And then once it's reached tension maximum, no, it bursts its mouth open, no. and that's how it shoots the venom out. No. It goes. No, like, I don't like that. Yeah, it's really <laughs> gross. <laughs> no. So this woman, Purit, like described it that way. Um, if I saw that, I would simply die. I'd go into the acid and be like, as Take soon me now. as I saw I, one of these things, I would be like, okay, I have to go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go oh, touch it. I'm sorry. I, like, I can't live anymore. Did you hear that? I'm, that my mom's calling. Yeah. Like, I gotta go. <laughs> my mom said I can't come over. <laughs> So those are the two most notable little stories that I found that were supposed to be like first-hand accounts, I guess, or second or third or 12-hand accounts. But I think they're kind of, they're kind of like funny and and cheeky and stuff. Those are good. It gives you like the context. Yeah. He went on these expeditions and that's what he found out. And I think that's wholesome. That's amazing. (laughs) I like that they got drunk together. Um, I wanted to kind of shout out the other notable expeditions that I couldn't find a lot of research on. But they're so recent that I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Um, I will say that researchers 
imply that most of the quote sightings or the peak in discussion about it happened around the 1950s. Okay. But people have been continually researching it until present day. Yeah. Um, in 2005, zoological journalist Richard Freeman of the Center of Fortean Zoology mm-hmm. went on an expedition. Didn't find anything. Uh, 2006 to th- 2007, reality television series Destination Truth did an episode oh. of an expedition about it, which is kind of cool. And like, I didn't write it down, but that um, one episode of whatever that freaking show is called, yeah. <laughs> where the guy um, thinks he found one, but it was like a cow. <laughs> um, that was a National Geographic show. Uh, and then in 2009, New Zealand television entertainment reporter David Ferrier uh, actually also went on an expedition to locate oh, okay. it. Also came up with nothing. Yeah. But I think it's interesting that 2009, that's not yeah, that that's, long ago. That's pretty recent. I mean... It's 2022. 2023. Oh. Okay. Anyways, it's just interesting. Yeah. Uh, I also included a C also in my research, which was sandworms from Dune. Mm. Uh, The 2010 television film called Mongolian Deathworm, which I think we should watch. That sounds like it's Because it looks so so bad. bad. I thought about part of my research watching all of these movies just to like no that's kind of like not like in a research way but just just to get familiar with the worm just yeah familiarizing myself with the worm um I was gonna say it's not like you're gonna get any accurate info from that no 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 not from that at all (laughs) that that was not my intention but just like because I really think that like they're genuinely inspired from this like context well the mongolian death worm movie is for well sure. duh, but you know <laughs> <laughs> something that is not inspired from it but is very similar and potentially has inspired other things that are similar something similar that i actually might cover another time mm. is the lambton worm okay which is from the uk Oh, okay. But it has, like, an alligator snoot? No. I don't know, but I'm I very excited about I him. I hate that. So That's next terrifying. time Holly has a very long thing to say, I'll I'll talk about the lambton worm because he has an alligator nose and I love him. Excellent. But let's, let me just nod to, to my favorite tel- TV movie worm. Uh-huh. The Graboids from Tremors. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. You've... Shout out to anybody who's listening who's seen the movie Tremors because I fucking adore that movie. It's so bad. It's it's a Kevin Bacon movie. Okay. It's so, I mean, it's not a Kevin Bacon movie, but he's in it. And yeah. I love challenging myself to learn everything about Kevin Bacon so I can be really good at three degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon. Amazing. And Tremors is an iconic film and it's about sandworms. And they're freaking weird looking and all these people in this town are like trying to avoid it and there's a zoologist there who's trying to like figure something out and then she gets caught up with the situation. It's so awful, but it's really good. I didn't know you'd never seen it before. I thought you were going to be excited. I know. We can add it to my list. (sighs) Anyways, so I'm just going to quickly mention how they're debunked. Uh, in 1983, a specimen of the, quote, tartar sand boa was shown to some of the locals in um, the desert area that there have supposedly been sightings. And they did confirm that that's what people saw. Okay. They're not red or pink. Literally at all. Okay. And they look almost nothing like it except for that it's just a snake. Yeah. Other than the sand boa... I think, especially relating back to that um, description of it rising up and spitting and a lot of the spitting-related things, there are some other snakes, you know, like pythons, um, that do things like that. And Mm -hmm. so, obviously, like, it was probably a snake. Yeah, like a sand snake. Of some kind. Um, Sometimes... People will say specifically it's the sand boa, the tartar sand boa. Some will say other types of rat snakes in the area must be the source of the original story, which obviously has a lot to do with the idea that 
we historically will like rationalize our fears yeah or like create a story to keep people away from something that's really dangerous exactly and so this is obviously what that is but I still think it's a really piece of like interesting piece of culture oh yeah to like look at this and be like how did they come up with this out of that specific terrifying worm it's like the game telephone but over generations and generations and generations of this story being told that it's turned into this like pus thing like it's crazy no um I would say the last thing is the disbelief in its existence is most highly noted by the fact that there's no evidence at all Mm -hmm. to imply that this exists, but, not but, there's no evidence to imply that this exists, and the main pieces of evidence that would, if it was real, would be that there would be spinal remnants of them if they existed. Oh, that's true. Because invertebrates cannot survive in a climate that's so sandy. Yeah. They're water-based animals. Yeah. Not animals, but... But creatures. Creatures. So it's impossible for them to exist in that situation. And if they were real there would have been some vertebrate pieces left over and there just weren't yeah so they're not real most likely but who knows nice to think about it except for it's not nice because they're terrifying and that's all i have to say about the mongolian death worms that was phenomenal with lots of interruptions yeah yeah (laughs) we we struggled this time on interruptions (laughs) 